Today is Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Welcome to Read Through the New Testament. And today we're reading all of Mark chapter 3 and all of Romans chapter 15. Yep. Okay. Just, I think we just get right into it. Yep, let's do uh, it. Chapter, six, chapter 3 verse 6, though, we're going to stop and talk about things for a little bit. Let's just get into it. Okay. Mark 3. Again... He entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. They knew he could heal. We just read about how they ate grain on the Sabbath, or they picked grain on the Sabbath, which was against the rules. Now they're checking him again on the Sabbath. (laughs) Because you can't heal on the Sabbath. Right. (laughs) And he said to the man with a withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to kill to do good or to harm, to save life or to kill. But they were silent. And he looked around them with anger, grieved at the hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. And here's the key verse. Mark hinges on this. This is the same as Matthew 12, verse 14. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Because the rising conflicts, they had questions about uh, about uh, eating with sinners, about fasting, about eating on the Sabbath, and now healing on the Sabbath. It's like this guy's got to get. He's, we got to resolve this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. So they. Yeah. So now they've they've just they've clearly decided they are going to destroy him. They're anti-Jesus. They're going to destroy him, and so from here on out, you're going to see the conflicts, and they're going to try to destroy him. Like so, they held counsel with the Herodians. Those are the the um, political group. Po- yeah, the followers of Herod. Yeah. I guess. And they held counsel, so they had a meeting about how to get rid of him. Let's destroy this man, Jesus. He's disrupting our system. Yeah. Okay, verse 7. Jesus, he carried on with what he's doing. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed him from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea, from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. That's a lot of places. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. Just like to the leper. Yes, and so he's in Galilee now. Yep. And he went up on a mountain on the mountain and called to him those he desired and they came to him and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach that's you're with jesus and then with jesus you go preach and have authority to cast out demons he appointed the 12 simon to whom he gave the name peter james the son of zebedee and john the brother of james to whom he gave the names Boanerges, that is, Sons of Thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when the family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He's out of his mind. This is mother and brothers. Verse 22. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. 
And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then, indeed, he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. A lot of questions about the unpardonable sin. Yeah. And it's just directly opposing Jesus. Verse 31. His mother and his brothers came, standing outside... They sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, so what was going on in Mark chapter 3? Yeah. There's one more conflict with a withered mm-hmm. hand. And then uh, many follow Jesus. He picks his 12 disciples. He is opposed by the um, people claiming he's casting out demons by Beelzebub. And then his mother and sisters, mother and brother brothers. even oppose him. Yep. So I can summarize that. There's lots, lots going on. You've got the withered hand. You've got the 12 disciples. You've got the blasphemy against Unpartable the sin. Yeah, yeah. Mother and brothers. So. You just got to write that down quickly. <laughs> okay, Romans 15. Romans 15. We're almost to the end of Romans. And keep in mind, guys, that we are now in the practical section of Romans. Yep. So. So here, Romans 15, this is the key to understand why Paul wrote Romans. I'll point it out to you when we get there. You say, why did Paul write it? It's right here. Okay. Romans 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As is written, four Old Testament quotes here that speak about the Gentiles are going to worship God. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Verse 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written you to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who never heard will understand. We get a hint here. Paul says, I've preached here. I need to go to some place where Christ has never been preached. And, you know, I saw that in Nepal. Like, yeah, there were did. some villages there where Christ had never been preached until, like, six years ago. I was in one, and um, then now they have a church there. Quite exciting. Yeah, it happens it's all over. Very different than in the United States. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. Uh, and then Paul speaks about wanting to get to Rome, and here's what he says. He says, verse twenty-two: This for this is the reason why I have oft so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, verse twenty-four: I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I've enjoyed your company for a while. So Romans is like a missionary letter. He wants to get to Spain, but he's going to go to Rome and ask them for help, some financial help, some physical help, whatever, to get to Spain. And so he's writing to tell them of the gospel that he wants to preach to them so that they would support him in spreading that gospel even off to Spain where Christ has not been preached yet. Hmm. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it. Indeed, they owe it to them. For the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings. If the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought to be of service to them in material blessings. When, therefore, I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ verse 30 i appeal to you brothers by our lord jesus christ and by the love of the spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to god on my behalf that i may be delivered from the unbelievers in judea and that my service for jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by god's will i may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company may the god of peace be with you all amen yeah and so what have we read Hmm, verse, yeah, chapter 15. He kind of sums up his discussion about receiving others and not passing judgment on them. And then he speaks about how the Old Testament predicted the Gentiles would believe in Christ, and he wants to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And remember, the, there's a conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles in Rome, and so especially the Jewish believers are still having a hard time with the Gentiles becoming Christians. Yep. 
And then he gives the purpose of why he's coming to Rome. He wants to be helped on by them to go to Spain. So his, his missionary purpose. So summing up this discussion, the Old Testament prophesied of the gospel coming to Gentiles, and that's where he wants to go, to the Gentiles where Christ has never been named. Yep, and Paul's plan to visit Rome. Yep. And beyond, and Spain. Okay, hope that helps, <laughs> and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye.